Longhorn Nation, we're back! Social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to bitch, and then other people are like needling it, and they're sitting at home, and they're late on a payment. We're David, <laughs> they're Goliath, and we, we go out there and play. Why not us? Like, think about that. Who played in 2019? Who played in 2020? Why not Texas Tech? Well, I was reading the, the game notes that said that your offensive line had a missed assignment. Pretty good. Uh, oh, where, the, where the hell that come from? I don't know. I don't read the notes. Sorry, I, but but I, I don't know if that's accurate. One guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. What is up, baby? We are back. <laughs> this is the episode we've been waiting for. Donnell has been, you know, a Texas homer. All, all Big 12 overview season. Um, he's finally going to get to show us how much of a homer he really is, or is he going to shock the world and, uh, you know, make logical picks when it comes to the, <laughs> old, the old Texas Longhorns. Um, I am Tyler Davis. I'm one of your hosts, joined by my good friend Donnell Davis uh, down there in Houston, Texas. Uh, speaking of Houston, Texas, Donnell got to go to the uh, NFL draft party last night for the first round of the draft. Yep. Um, got to spend some time with other Texans fans. Donnell, how you feeling right now, man? Texans, uh, Texans are having quite a draft, I'd say. Yeah, man. We're uh, not just me, but Texans fans as a whole. We're having we're having some fun right now. Uh, the, the draft is doing pretty good for us. Uh, you see, we got Jalen Petre today. Yep. So. That was even, you know, a cherry on top of getting Derek Stingley, who I just absolutely love that they got. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I, you know, the Stingley pick, I was shocked he went at the first uh, Texans pick, but I think it was the right pick for them. Um, Kenyon Green, another great ad um, for right. them. Homegrown, then, straight yeah. out of Atascacita, Texas, which, you know, we <laughs> – Will claim is Houston, but yeah, great pick as well, man. Yeah, and then Jalen Petrie, uh, who we both love, um, dude's a baller, man. They, they've done a really good job so far in this draft. Uh, be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Um, I'm a Commanders fan. Uh, I am in the probably minority in loving the Jahan Dotson pick. Uh, Donnell had texted me, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes before, and said, uh, "You guys traded down who you want." And I had said either Nicobe Dean or Jahan Dotson, yep. and uh, they went with Dotson, and I was pretty I was pretty pleased with that pick. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't, uh, and then their <laughs> their uh, <laughs> second round pick, I'm not so hot on, uh, just because I think it spells the end of Deron Payne in Washington, uh, whether that be via trade or you know he just walks at the end of the season. All in all, though, um, I think both team, especially the Texans, are having a great draft. Um, but there are, are some some uh, concerns about the Washington Commanders draft <laughs> strategy so far. So far, um, but before we get into housekeeping, before we get into our show tonight, we did want to also spend some time talking about some of the Big Twelve players who have gone off the board. Um, Jalen Petrie went to Houston. Um, you know that's Excellent super pick. exciting. He's a great pick. He can play. You know he he's probably going to slot in as a nickel corner. Uh, for the beginning of his career, but can definitely move back and roll back into that safety spot if you need him to. Um, 
a little bit undersized for a safety spot, but he'll definitely still play. He reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew um, in that he's just so versatile defensively. Yeah. You can kind of play him everywhere. So they're going to they're gonna really enjoy that. Um, the big one, first running back off the board is a Big 12 alum, Brees Hall to the Jets. Um, you know, I thought that was the... I, I thought that was the logical landing place for Brees Hall. Um, ironically, you know, I I play Madden, and the Jets drafted him on there too, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Brees Hall in New York. Michael Carter, you know, was up and down, injured last year. Um, Brees Hall is more of a traditional three-down three back for them, um, who I think comes in day one plays right away. Um, and then the other one, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, Going to the Patriots, Patriots always need receiver Oof. help, it seems, um, but I don't think there's a better landing spot for Tyquan yeah. Thornton um, than the Patriots. Uh, Baylor receivers over the years haven't done great in the NFL, um, but I do think I do think Thornton will have a good career in, with, with the Patriots. I think it's a good fit. What do you think of those three guys were in their landing places? Obviously, we know you love Jalen Petrie in Houston. What do you think of Brees Hall in New York? Brees Hall in New York, that was such a great pick for them as well. I was actually uh, hoping that he was there for the Texans to take. But <laughs> I understand maybe they're just going to wait to get uh, Bijan Robinson next year. <laughs> Let me speak that into existence. But, uh, no, uh, I, love, I love Thornton, but I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be able to get him those deep balls that he needs mm. to succeed. But mm. I think they'll get I, he'll get a lot of touches because they need a receiver. They let yeah. Harry go. So I think yeah, it's – that, that speed is undeniable with yeah. Thornton um, in the size. I mean, he's got a good frame. He's He'll probably right. have to put on some weight in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, the three Big 12 players that have gone at the time of our recording mm-hmm. – um, have all landed in, I think, favorable situations for themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's exciting, um, super cool. But uh, let's let's move past some draft talk. Maybe you know when the draft is over, uh, we'll release a, some sort of bonus episode, kind of talking about some of the guys who've been picked. Um, so housekeeping time. Uh, we're the Big Twelve Takeover Podcast. We are part of the Takeover Sports Network, um, who has a ton of other shows. We have the SEC Takeover. We have the NBA Takeover, College Basketball, MLB. We have General Sports Talk. We got it all. Um, go over to the YouTube channel, Takeover Sports Network. Um, subscribe, hit that bell, get get your notifications. Make sure you go on, watch the shows. Uh, be sure and support us as well. Like all of our videos. Um, subscribe, comment, let us know how crazy Donnell's picks are. Uh, that seems to be a popular <laughs> thing to do uh, in our comment sections. Um, and then over on Twitter, you can follow the network at Takeover Pods, uh, where all of our announcements come out of um, for the whole network. And then you can follow our Twitter account, our our, our show's Twitter account at Big One Two Takeover. So at Big Twelve Takeover, um, follow that there. We're sending out updates. We're tweeting about the draft. We're tweeting about the news that's going on in the Big Twelve, um, and we'll be sure to keep you updated there. And you'll know where our next show's coming, when it's coming out, um, and what our topics will be. Um, and then we love to talk about our sponsor and they're awesome for us. They're doing some really cool stuff over the draft this weekend. Um, but our show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy and player props in states like California, New York, Texas, Colorado, and more. Uh, prize picks offers every sport you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, 
uh, NHL, and uh, events like this, the NFL Draft. Um, you can combine your picks across multiple sports as well. You can take the over on max shares or strikeouts, the under on rounds in a UFC fight if you wanted. Um, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Uh, Prize Picks is safe and easy to use. You can place picks in under 60 seconds, and they offer fast withdrawals. Um, right now, use code TAKEOVER to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you sign up with Prize Picks today. Use code TAKEOVER. That's T A K E O V E R. Now, Donnell, it is time. <laughs> it is time. The moment we've been waiting for, the moment where we find out if you are going to be a homer or if you're <laughs> going to be a logical fan, and we're going to find out. Um, so very quickly, we're going to jump into the Texas Longhorns. Uh, this week, I think we'll be um, a little bit faster as we step through these players because the spring game has been played, um, and we do want to talk a little bit about the spring game and what that potentially means. Uh, for them moving forward. So I will very quickly recap last season for them. Um, Donnell will add some commentary to this. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian, or Sark as they call him, <laughs> was the head coach last year. He will be the head coach this upcoming fall. They finished 5-7 and seven overall, 3-6 and six in the Big 12. Uh, that was good for 7th overall in the Big 12. They did not go to a bowl game. Um, and I would say uh, they were 5-1, <laughs> and 4-1. One, and one going into the Red River shootout last year against Oklahoma and Dallas. Uh, and they got beat by OU in what I would call a monumental uh, collapse and uh, ended up losing six in a row after that. Uh, I think yeah. that's where everything kind of spelled disaster for them. <laughs> uh, I, it was really weird to watch them just kind of implode. Uh, but they had the second-ranked offense, and then – the eighth-ranked defense. Uh, so the problem is pretty uh, obvious, uh, <laughs> what was going on there. Yeah, um, but they did some things uh, this offseason on their coaching staff. And, Donnell, uh, your note here makes me want you to talk about the addition of Gary Patterson <laughs> yeah, to, uh, actually. to that staff. So uh, I'm going to let you riff on there. Man, I think I think that's the biggest addition that they made this offseason. Uh, he's he's the defensive mind that they need because I I'm not going to say I'm not a big believer in Pete, but I think his scheme doesn't it doesn't mesh well in the Big Twelve. Uh, that's more of a bend don't break deep defense back up in the uh, the Pac-10. I mean the Pac what is it the Pac-12? Twelve, yeah. The Pac-12. And uh, in the Big 12, we score. Teams score. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop. You can't let teams get down the field because right. they're going to go score. They're going to figure out a way to score. The right. offensive coordinators are geniuses in this league. And so I think that's the biggest addition. And I'll probably uh, text you a picture later of Gary Patterson posing with a recruit. And you're, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, wow, this is this is the future in a couple of years when Coach Sark gets his opportunity. <laughs> when Sark pieces out. Sark might piece out after this year if they're as good as they can be. Right, that's um, what I'm saying. And then I see your note here about Coach Marion, um, the receiver crew. Um, feel good about him too? Really like him? Yeah, I really like him. Uh, I think he's a big-time upgrade over Andre Coleman. Uh, 
you you know from yourself a, a coach that brings energy is kind of infectious and yeah. later if we have time to talk about in the spring game you you've seen the receivers how they played in this game and yeah it just yeah. feels like they have a different you know feel to them out there so i think There's he's a, a i think he's a big time addition yeah, there's a little bounce in the step of those wideouts. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely move quickly so that we can talk um, about about the spring game because I think there's some really good takeaways to talk about. Um, so yeah, finished five and seven overall, uh, seventh overall in the Big Twelve out of ten teams. <laughs> that is quite the disappointment for Texas. Um, Texas is one of those flagship teams in the Big Twelve. Um, unfortunately, leaving for the SEC in a couple of years, but. Uh, you you want to see more out of Texas? I think right. you know overall. I think college football as a whole um, is better when Texas is good, when Texas A and M is good, when Oklahoma is good. Um, I think it it adds to um, you know college football as a whole, and so I yeah. think everybody kind of you know nobody will say it like you'll never hear an OU <laughs> fan say it, but like when Texas is good, the Big Twelve looks better, and so you want you know. You want that respect for your conference. Right. Um, the SEC will be saying it in a few years. You know, hey, you know, we we also need Texas and OU to be good. Um, so, and in a future episode, we're going to talk about Texas and OU and how we think they'll fare in the SEC. So, there's a little tease for you guys yeah. later down the road. Um, but let's talk about some players leaving. Um, Donnell has the the notes on this uh, this one. <laughs> Donnell is the the Texas fan here, so I'm going to let Donnell go through the players leaving. Um, so take it away, my man. Yeah, man. I was uh, I was doing a little bit of research myself because I wanted to see what type of talent was leaving the program and what they were going to replace it with. And I see the guys that are leaving. Like Casey Thompson, to me, it, he was a warrior, a leader, man. I, you, you can't ask for a better leader in your program. And I think him leaving might be a bigger loss than people think. I think uh, he had a little hand injury last year as well that limited his throwing. He, I think he broke his hand or something like that during the Oklahoma game. And you can mm-hmm. see the swelling of his hand. Like later in the year, you can see, you'd be like, oh, wow. No wonder he, you know, had took a step back. Yeah, he dropped off. Yeah, and so uh, I think he's going to be a, a big-time loss. Uh, they lose a couple guys on the O-line that they're going to have to replace. Although they – were pretty horrible on the O-line last year as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they lose Denzel Ogrefer, Toby Made, uh, Derek Kersetter, who I think is going to be a, a decent tackle in the league. Uh, but I just – you have to replace those guys on offense, and freshmen are going to get a chance to come in and play right away. They definitely will. Um, there's there's going to be plenty of opportunity um, – some of these guys who are coming in and this class is very very strong um defensively uh you got a couple guys here i can quickly jump through uh josh thompson one of their corners which uh we'll talk about a little later they've actually done a good job i think of retooling their secondary um you know bringing over watts from ohio state uh they got a a freshman kid coming in who i think is going to play terrence brooks um, I think yeah. he'll find himself on the field uh, pretty quickly. Um, so I think that will be, you know, doable. Brendan Sch- Schooler uh, was one of their safeties. Uh, we're going to talk about one of their safeties uh, after watching the spring game. <laughs> um, they have a kid now that I think they he's a bit of a thumper, and I don't Ooh. think they've had a guy like that in a while. 
And then oh. Jacoby Jones, defensive end. Uh, it's a loss, yes, uh, but but I think it's replaceable. I, yeah, I think he's not to be disrespectful. No, no, disrespectful, no. But, but you know, and I think they have, um, you know, Finkley. I think is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually pretty <laughs> impressed with Finkley in the spring game, um, and then this one here is actually I think a bigger deal than uh, it will probably be talked about. But Cameron Dicker. Yeah, because uh, watching their spring game, the kicking game was suspect. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, a little sketchy. I'll say we uh, haven't been the same since Justin Tucker, man. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to follow up somebody like him, but yeah, they'll miss Cameron Dicker for real. I, I think they'll yeah. really find themselves um, hurting a little bit because I think the points that you'll lose without him are going to hurt more than I think people realize. So that'll cover our leaving players. Let's talk about some people who are returning. Um, I know you love Bijan Robinson, so we'll start there. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what can you say about this kid? Everything I love everything about him, and I'll let you talk about him a little bit because you're an offensive guy. But yeah. as a defensive player, I, I love just how – Man, I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> I, he, he's a touchdown machine. He had 11 touchdowns last year rushing. Um, you know, caught four more. He he can do it all. I mean, he's he's a he's an all-around back that you can just give the ball 20 to 30 times a game, and you know what you're going to get, right? Uh, rushed for 1,100 yards, 1,127 uh, for splitting hair. Uh, he was the second leading rusher behind the first running back drafted in the NFL draft this year, Brees Hall. Um Good. I mean, average 5.9 yards a carry. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what more you can say about a guy like that. That's what you want. Um, but, you know, when we talk about Bijan Robinson and how good he can be and how good he is, uh, let's not forget the guys that are behind him, uh, yeah. Roshan Johnson and Keelan Robinson, who in the spring game, Bijan didn't play in the spring game, important to note. Uh, but these two guys, Johnson and Robinson, or Keelan Robinson, I'll have to, I'll have to clarify that since they have the same last name, uh, they're both very good too. Yeah. Um, the drop-off, while it exists, is not significant. Um, if if Bijan misses time, they have a stable of running backs that I think can really, really uh, impact games this fall, um, yeah. especially if this defense takes a step. Um, I, I think they'll really get a lot of help here. Uh, I love this next guy, uh, Xavier Worthy. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing you can say. He led the Big 12 in receiving yards. Uh, he's he's a freak, man. He yeah. like, And he was a freshman last year. He's only going to get better. Uh, he's got better talent around him, so he'll see less double coverage because uh, the receiving core that this team has built this offseason – is really going to take some pressure off of him. Uh, I'm very excited to see him this fall. And then the next guy, your boy, Jordan Whittington. <laughs> Donnell. Yes, bad. Convince me that Jordan, Jordan Whittington is what we think he is. All right. So Xavier Worthy, he gets all the glamour, and rightfully so. The, the kid is amazing. I mean, you, you turn on the film and he pops off the screen, right? Yeah. But Jordan Whittington – 
is one of those guys that he works underneath. So things that he do isn't necessarily glamorous, but he gets the job done. He's a he's a yak guy. He's going to get you first downs. And let me let me tell you how uh, important I think he is. Casey Thompson started the struggle. I'm, I'm not going to blame everything on his hand because mm-hmm. quarterbacks have to deal with that. Yeah. You learn you learn how to get around it. Mm-hmm. But when Jordan Wooden's team was out, teams were allowed to simply double and triple team Xavier Worthy whenever they wanted. And there there wasn't another guy on the other side to take anything away from, I mean, to take it, the defensive coverage away. And so let me tell you the games that Jordan Whittington missed when Texas lost, went on that losing streak. Okay. He missed the Oklahoma State game. They lose by a touchdown. I mean, by uh, one score. He lose. He misses the Baylor game. They lose by one score. He lose. He misses the Iowa State game. They lose by a lot. So maybe he doesn't make a difference <laughs> there. But Casey Thompson, he got benched that game, I believe. Mm-hmm. They lose the Kansas game by one point. He doesn't play that game. Yeah, he, he, played in, he played in nine games last year. Yep. They lose the West Virginia game by one score. Yep. He doesn't play that game. So, for reference, Whittington missed, you know, three to four games. Yeah, he missed four games last year yep. and was still the 11th ranked wideout in the Big 12. Um, with a, oh, a 15.2 yard per catch average according to the Big 12 statistical book here on the Big 12 website. Um, I So I, I know you love Jordan Whittington. Uh, I think he's very good. I think he's what you would call a grinder. Uh, he yeah. does, a, like you mentioned, he does a lot of the dirty work. Um, it's not all pretty, but you can tell there's an impact. He, he makes the quarterback better. Um, yeah. and, and in the spring game, you saw it with both quarterbacks – when they had opportunities, they really liked uh, Whittington a lot underneath. Um, so I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Jordan Whittington's really good. Um, there's another receiver on this team I'm much more excited about than Whittington. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll dig into him here in a second. Um, so th- so let's get through this defense really quick here. Uh, Demarion Overshone, we, he's going to be a top, you know, first or second round pick next year most likely unless he just takes a huge regression um and then deshaun jameson and canadre coburn um they're they're gonna have they're gonna i think the defense and and what they return they're going to have depth problems at linebacker yeah big time uh, um i i think their front like their 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 ones at linebacker are exceptional I think they're really good. Uh, but after that, it's kind of a crapshoot for them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, you have this section here. I'm going to let you step through it here. The guys who needs to take the next step. Yeah. I think Alfred Collins at defensive end, he has to take that next step. He's a former five-star recruit. He, plays, he played pretty good last year whenever they figured out how to use him. So I think he just – He's going to be a starter, and he's going to take that next step, I believe. Okay. Anthony Cook, boundary safety, he's going to have to step up. 
Uh, that's another highly recruited guy. I think you have to replace a lot on this Texas team in the back seven. And so he's going to have to step up and help out uh, these these corners. Because like you say, Ryan Watts, you think he's going to be a good he's going to be a good insert. I'll let you yep. talk a little bit about him later. Yep. But uh, Jalen Ford at linebacker, Luke Brockmeyer, linebacker. Somebody has to take that next step because I think the starters are pretty decent, but they have to be better than what they were last year for Texas to become better. And they have to replace their safeties as well. So it's, uh, they got to do a lot. They have to do a lot. Yeah, they uh, they they really do need these linebackers. I think that was the biggest like gaping hole I could see is the linebackers. It's just, and it's not that the guys that are there aren't good or, or aren't good enough to play. They just, they, they got to step up and, and this coaching staff has to put them in positions to succeed um, for yeah. them to play up to the level that they can. Right. And, and I think for the most part, I think they will, I yeah, think they'll be too. much improved, um, but improved enough to compete for a big 12 title. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see that here shortly, but let's talk very quickly uh, about these recruiting class guys. We're gonna go through the transfers first here. Um, I'm gonna start because I am very 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 high <laughs> on this guy, Isaiah Nayer from Wyoming. He's a wide receiver. Um, this is the receiver I think comes in and immediately is going to elevate this receiving core. Um, yes, Xavier Worthy's good. Yes, Agai Hall is coming over. That's great. Uh, Isaiah Nair can do everything. Deep ball. Everything. Intermediate. Great hands. Um, he, he was my favorite player in the spring game. He was incredible. <laughs> I was blown away by how well he played. Um, he, he did everything. He did everything. He caught everything intermediate. He caught short passes. He caught a deep ball from... Uh, Ewers, he 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 looked great. He's big, he's a big-bodied kid. Yeah, he's gonna be awesome for Texas this fall, uh, and I think he's gonna create some issues for for the Big Twelve, um, and really help Xavier Worthy get freed up to see more favorable looks. Um, <laughs> this next guy, <laughs> did did you like Nair in the spring game? What did you think of Nair? I did, I I did, I. I'm finally happy that Texas got a receiver on the other side because yeah. like Jordan Whittington going to be the guy that's in the slot underneath stuff. Nair can do everything. So yeah. you, you can't can even, him. how can you game plan for all three at once? And so I, I think Nair is going to have a big season because yeah. he, he's a big guy. And they're going to have to game plan for a guy hall too. Yeah. Uh, you know, when he gets there, cause that's the other thing too, in the spring game, you know, they're still not, they don't have everybody just yet. Um, this next guy, we texted about him, uh, Jaleel Billingsley, tight end from Alabama, who came over. Uh, my notes on him, um, I wrote down here. I wasn't impressed with him. He never really jumped off the screen to me when I watched him play. Uh, the note I didn't write down, and, I, and I'm not—I don't want to, you know, drag the kid through the mud or anything like that. But he just didn't look like he was engaged at all. Right. He looked kind of. I would I would say like uninterested in the spring game and like he's older I get it he's you know he's been in college football for a little bit but like come on bro you're a transfer yeah. you gotta 
You got to earn your stamp spot. On it. It, it's not just given to you just because you came from Bama. Yeah. You know, he just looked. It was like lethargic. Like I didn't see, I didn't yeah. see the energy. No. You know, but I mean, maybe that's just how he plays, man. You, you know, I, Texas is going to have to find a way to get him involved or get him engaged. But I thought he did a nice job of catching passes when they were thrown his way. Yeah. But yeah, I just didn't see the energy. I, I got, maybe it's because we'll talk about Sanders later at tight end, but the energy that he gives is just amazing. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah but I, 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 I tend to agree with you. Yeah. He just, I wasn't impressed with him. Um, I'm going to save viewers for last. A guy, Hall didn't play in the spring game. Obviously he's not there yet. Um, but you know what you're getting with him. A guy, Hall's a stud. He's a Bama receiver. Um, they have the number one and number two wide receiver recruits from that class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came to – it's interesting. It's kind of, you know, the whole talent respects talent thing, like right. when you're coming out of high school. But yeah. then they just end up playing together. It's it's kind of <laughs> awesome. Um, he'll slot in and play really well for them. I don't think, you know, there's much more to say about him. And then the last guy I wrote down here, uh, Ryan Watts. Um. He's a corner, transferred him from Ohio State. Yeah, looks the part of the uh, the new prototype for corners in the NFL. Tall, long, he's really good at the line of scrimmage, has a good press. Um, yeah. But if, if he can play to the potential he has, he will be a major addition to this secondary. I mean right. major addition. He will really help great. kind of, you know, not shut down a side of the field, but, you know, slow down a side of the field for them. Right. Um, yeah, I, I liked have- what I saw from him. Yeah, they have him on the boundary, so I think mm-hmm. that's a good spot for him so he can use his length. I think uh, once he get acclimated, he'll be all right because corners thrive in Gary Patterson's system. And not mm-hmm. to say that this is going to be Gary Patterson's system, but I think he's going to help those those players out a lot and give them some insight that they can use. And if he can play up to his potential and let Jamison do his thing on the other side, they might, they might have some cooking, but we'll see. Yeah, this defense is a question mark all the way around. Um, you also have this note here about O'Shawn Mathis potentially committing yeah. to Texas. Um, I, I mean, did see a thing today. His crystal ball switched to Nebraska. Yeah, I mean. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure. Very. I'm sure we'll tweet something out when that decision comes down. Um, potentially tomorrow, Saturday, and, and if you're listening to this, you know, Sunday, obviously, or when 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 this episode drops, uh, it's April 29th right now. So. Um, this will have been recorded prior to the decision being made. All right, man, transfers. This is the big one that every Texas fan wants to talk about. Quinn Ewers, uh, quarterback who transferred in from Ohio State, um, hasn't played, you know, real football since probably the, th- I think he got hurt in the third or fourth game of his junior year. Yeah. Um, went to Ohio State, redshirted a year, lost the quarterback battle to, to Stroud. Uh, then transferred to Texas, where he probably should have been from the jump. Um, so I'm going to read my note here, Donnell, and, and I want to hear your thoughts. So I wrote down, there is this belief that the quarterback battle has been won by yours. And while I do think that's true, I think this quarterback battle is more alive than it's not. Um, I think this quarterback battle is Still, still a battle. Um, I just think the 
deck is heavily stacked in Ewer's favor. Um, and I think he, and, and I don't mean the coaches are, you know, cheating to make Ewer as a starter. That's not what I mean. I think Ewer, it's, to me, Ewers should win the job. Um, but he has to win it. It can't. It's not going to be given to him, um, especially when you look at the spring game. Because I think I'll, I'll save it for when we get to the spring game. But <laughs> I think this battle is more alive than it isn't. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think from a from a standpoint of, I think the job is yours to lose. Mm-hmm. But he also has to go out there and take it from Card because yeah. Card. I don't. I don't think Card is really starting potential, starting type player for such a big program. Mm. And I think yours bring that swag and that energy to the team, and that you know they they kind of navigate towards him. You know, and uh, he has to go out there and show it. And I, I want to say some things because I saw a lot from the spring game. But I'm gonna wait till we talk about that. But yeah, uh, he got to go out there and take it from him. Texas Sark's not gonna just give it to him. Yeah, this he won't name a starter till probably right before the season take off. So I was gonna say I think this thing is gonna bleed over into the fall for sure. I don't think yeah. you know obviously if he hasn't been named yet, um, he won't be. And you know we saw with this week Baylor named Blake Shapen their yeah. starting quarterback and Gary Bohannon pieced. So. Um, you know, like I say, of, you know quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Shapin was the guy to win that job, and, and he did. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think for Texas, it's hard if you announce one of them, the other's probably going to leave. So, right. and they maybe don't feel good enough about one or the other to do that. So yeah. I think they'll lead this thing into the fall. And, I will say, uh, uh, I will say, I think, I think yours opens up the offense a little bit more than Card. Because Card, uh, he still looks a little frantic when he's throwing the deep ball. Yeah, it's a little bit flat. So I think, I think, I think yours does actually win this job in the end. But it's going to be a, a little battle up into the fall camp, like you said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that too with the spring game because I think some of that conversation uh, will have some more color added to it here shortly. Um, let's get through these high school rec- high school recruits. Um, I see your note here. 17 out of 28 recruits are in the ESPN top 300. Donnell, talk me through these recruits, man. What do you see in this class? What do you like about it? I like that they knew what was wrong with the team, (laughs) and they went out and addressed those positions. Yes. They went out and got Devon Campbell, the number one offensive guard in the country. Dude, that that was the, like, when that happened, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, Texas started is something. In business. Yeah, because that was that was the cherry on top of getting Kelvin Banks the number one offensive tackle in the country. Right. So it was like you getting those two. All right, Texas, we we, we see you're trying. At least yep. you're going down. You're going to go out swinging. Mm-hmm. And then Cole Hudson, who's already on campus, he's he's probably going to end up starting. He he had a good spring. He had a good spring game. They're going to need those guys to step up on offense, and I, I think those kids might play right away as soon as they get there because they're some nasty big boys. Yeah, and then, you know, not to gloss over either, uh, Neto Umiazulu, yeah. uh, who was the number seven ranked offensive tackle. Um, so, you know, you, you just we just talked about 
17 of their 28 recruits being in the ESPN top 300. Uh, you got the number 14th ranked interior offensive lineman. You have the number one guard. You have the number seven tackle and the number one tackle. Um, right off the rip. I mean, th- those are the first, you know, four dudes we talk about. So right. Texas recognized their weakness and they built on it. What else we got? Who else we got here? You got Brian Allen, the safety, which he was like the leader of the class. He was one of the first guys to commit. And he stayed he stayed with them throughout it all. And he's a leader. I think he's going to be one of those leaders on the field that bring that type of leadership uh, aspect to the game, which you need at safety. Yeah. You got Justice Finkley, who you, <laughs> you, you, you rave about this guy. He's – He's built for the SEC. He I is. mean, go ahead and talk about him. Yeah, he's he's a freak, man. Like he, you look at this kid. He was on campus early too, um, and I think one of the first uh, things we talked about prior to recording, way back when, was that Finkley was on campus and had won Worker of the Week for Texas. I mean, this kid. Yeah. You, I, I remember I was watching the game, the spring game, and like the first play I saw him in. He just like blows up a tackle, and I was like, "There he is, <laughs> that's that's the kid." And I think I think he's gonna be a big contributor this fall. Yeah, um, I think him getting on campus early, um, already you can see his body starting to sh- to like yeah. shape into a college, you know, an SEC type defensive lineman. Player, you know? um, he looks great. <laughs> I am very excited about him. Um, I can't wait to watch him play this fall. I think he, like I said, I think he's going to be a contributor right away. Um, obviously, right now he's running with the twos. Um, but if you're running with the twos at the University of Texas as an 18 year old, probably doing something right. Yep. So. I mean, not to just, yeah. I mean, you got Jare Bledsoe. He's going to be another guy that come in on that front seven that can play right away. Uh, Terrence Brooks, who uh, we both love, Terrence Brooks, guy yes. out of Texas. You got to keep Texas talent in Texas, and that's what Sark did with this recruiting class. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of Texas schools kind of have. You know, they try, but they la- they allow a lot of Texas talent to leave and go to OU and Oklahoma State and Ohio State, Ohio State, and some of those Pac-12 Bama. schools. Um, yeah, they let a lot of that talent go, and so when you keep guys in state, you you Texas has a lot of football talent. I don't think that's a secret, right? And if you can keep it in the state, it's kind of like how I view K State and KU. Like K State recognizes that they can get talent from Kansas, and so they do. And KU, they always go out of state and try to bring all these people in, and it doesn't work, and they're not good, and like it's easier to recruit in your backyard. And, and I think in the, with this class, you see it, they, they did a good job of that. And yeah, Terrence Brooks, we're both high on, um, his, his ability, like he, you can watch his tape and you're like, I watched his junior tape and I was like, dude, this kid's smart. He just gets it. It just, it all clicks for him. There's a play when I was watching that I just, I fell in love with him immediately after I saw this, he's, he's over number, uh, two, I believe he's number, over number two. No, excuse me. He's over number three. I apologize. He sees three go away, so he knows, oh, crap, here comes the screen. You watch his eyes dart in. He immediately looks in because he knows it's a tunnel screen coming his way. 
jumps it, picks it, takes it to the house. And I was like, that <laughs> that to me shows you his eyes are well trained. He's yeah. well disciplined. He knows what to look for. He's reading his mm-hmm. keys. He's making smart decisions. And like some high school players, and I, I think I, I see this a lot when I watch tape on a lot of these young guys is they're just so athletic that they just dominate people in high school and they get these stars and they go on to be really, you know, kind of average college players. Exactly. Then you have guys like Terrence Brooks to me who physically doesn't look that big. um, But you watch him play and you're like, Oh no, he understands concepts. He knows what to look for. He knows how to read his keys. And like, those are the guys that go to play on Sundays because you get to a, a school like Texas they're going to put the size on you. They're oh. going to they're going to get you bigger. They're going to get you in great shape. They're going to get you on a meal plan, feed you, right? Make sure you're doing the things you need to do um health-wise to be in good shape. Yeah, exactly. You can't you you can teach concept to a point, but when a kid is 16 and gets it and has a high football IQ, those are the kids that you see playing on Sundays. Those are the guys getting drafted tonight. That are that you're seeing and you're like, man, like that dude's a freak of nature. And Terrence Terrence Brooks in this class to me stood out in that regard. I just was blown away um, by his. <laughs> you can't eyes. teach eyes. No, it's it, it's hard to teach eyes. You can't teach you, eyes nor feet. Yeah, it's you when you have a gift when you're when you're a DB and you have that gift, you got to use it because I mean I, I just remember in college, Coach Gardner saying. Your eyes in the backfield. You stand at the quarterback. He's not going to throw you the ball. <laughs> if your eyes aren't right, that man would bench you, man. He'd put you on a bench. You oh, could yeah. not be. You have to have your eyes in the right spot all the right. time. Right. If you can and, put and your I eyes think, in the right spot, you're good to go. Yeah, and I think Brooks does a good job of doing that. Um, you can yeah. see it, and it just it gets me fired up when I see players understanding yeah. concepts. Like to me, that's just so important. Um, as you know attributed to my rant there <laughs> i wouldn't um, be surprised if he ended up starting at some point this year he may be the guy across from brooks if he can if he can get a little bigger Lots. this summer um because i do think with his frame he he might be a little small uh no, weight wise put him on the boundary i mean the field put him on the field yeah field, yeah but he corner. he is good he's fast um as well yeah. Um, but you know, we, we have every week we talk about the players who can contribute early. Um, you got Devin Campbell or Devon Campbell. I apologize. Kelvin Banks, Cole Hudson, Terrence Brooks, um, and Jalen Gilbo. Um, cornerback, uh, he's going to be able to, he, he got suspended. So you nobody could see what he was doing, but, uh, he, he, apparently there was some rumors early in camp that he was taking some first team reps. So I, that guy has talent as well. So I think he just – he got a little bit of maturing to do. And if he can get that down, we might see him on the field. Yeah. he uh, He's definitely opened the door for uh, Terrence Brooks to yeah. get some playing time <laughs> over him. Yeah. Um, all right. We're through recruits. We're through transfers. Let's talk a little bit of spring game here. Um, let's let's kick it off right away. The the quarterback battle, I think, is is an important thing to talk about. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think this battle is more open. I do think the decision will be made in the fall because they don't want to lose one or both of these guys. Um, I think yours will win the job ultimately. Um, but here, here's what I saw when I watched them play. I think card has a better command of this offense. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he, he understands it. He's been in it longer. 
Um, and I th- like I think when you watch the first drive of the spring game, um, I mean the offense, it, it looked like it was humming. I mean it looked like they were just walking down the field, and I was like, okay, card looks good. Like this is for real. Um, and then you get Ewers who comes on, and in his first series, his first play, he looks like a player who hasn't played in a couple years. His first drive, he's he's missing throws high, he's missing throws long. He looks a little inaccurate, a little excited. Um, but what you can see is the ball jumps out of his hand a lot more than it does out of Card's hand. Um, or were you seeing, you know, kind of that same that same thing? Yeah, uh, I mean, with Card, like you say, great command of the offense at the beginning. It's just to me he doesn't he doesn't bring that that energy that you look for, yeah. And uh, I think he I think he's very well a guy that you can place in there, and he may not mess up a lot. He's not gonna mess up a lot, but he's not gonna go win you a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours, he he hasn't played in a, he hasn't played in a couple of years. Yeah. Last time we seen him play was against Duncanville in the state championship game, which he played a hell of a game injured. And I think once he gets the timing down with these receivers, get more practice in, I think you we're going to really see where he pops off the screen because the talent's there, like you say. The the ball comes out of his hand. I mean, he threw a touchdown to your guy, uh, Isaiah Nair, and it was just – it was a beauty. It was just like, wow, he's the only one on that roster that can make that pass right now. Besides Malik Murphy, who has a cannon of his own, but he's he's not going to play these right. first few years, right? But, yeah, I, I you yeah. know I watched Ewers. Um, you know, my note here is Ewers is clearly more talented, uh, but just looks like he hasn't played in a while, yeah. um, and I think he was just a little excited. Um, overall, I think I'd pick Ewers to win the job. Yeah, um, but I do think that leash may be a little bit shorter than we think it would be. Um, because I do think Card, like you mentioned, would be serviceable. Right. Um, Card is a little more mobile than Ewers is, but me, but Ewers has that mullet magic, man. That, that's that <laughs> swagger that that gets people excited. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, I have a note here, and and I apologize. Uh, I have my spring game notes because it's been a little bit since we um, talked about this. Nayer is a stud. And will <laughs> absolutely be contributing. Um, I think the whole group is is legit as the receivers go, um, and they're only going to get stronger. Uh, and then it's funny we hadn't really discussed the spring game, and the first thing we both said was this running back group is is very good. Um, I was super impressed. My only question is, and, and maybe you can answer this, how are they going to use them all? They did it. They did it last year. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the stats of what Texas did, uh, Roshan Johnson, he's the backup running back. But let me tell you, that is the heart and soul of this team. That guy is a converted quarterback to running back. Do it. Do, do whatever it takes to win, type guy. Yeah. And you see it in the game last year against. Uh, Kansas State when Bijan didn't play. He he took control of that game. Yeah. 
he had 569 yards last year for a 5.9 average. Keelan Robinson had a 7.2 average for 322 yards. I think they're going to have to give everybody the ball, man, because they have a stable. They do. They do have a stable. And and they have, like, this weird – they have this weird thing where they have so many good skill players that they have to create touches for somehow. And I almost worry that it might hurt them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they just (laughs) – it's kind of like a good basketball team. Like, when you have, you know, two good guys, it's a little bit easier than it is sometimes to have three. Right. You know, it, it's it'll be interesting. That running back group's really good. Um, but I think the good thing about that group is uh, they all know their roles pretty good. We yeah. we all know what we're getting with Robinson. You know, right. you're getting that uh, workhorse with Johnson. He's just going to be the tough guy, get you those tough yards. He had 180 yards rushing against Kansas State when Bijan was out. He's he he can tote it, and I think I think Keelan just needs to get out in space. That's the speed guy for him. Yeah, I think I think that running back group is something to be excited about. Yeah. Um, defense looks to be much improved, but still we not we quite where you want it to be. Uh, I mean, it, they they had some good moments in the spring game, especially the uh, the game that they had at the end. You you mentioned that was like one of the coolest things you saw from their yeah. spring game. Yeah, and I they really, beat the I offense. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, they beat the offense, but I I think. You know, spring game, you can't really gauge too much off of it because going against the other teams in Big 12 play is going to be a whole lot different. It's a whole lot different with energy. And you're going against offenses that are they know what they're doing every single play. Yeah, spring games are always weird because, like, you're playing against your own stuff. Yeah. And you've been seeing it for weeks. and like, It's boring. Know, yeah, <laughs> like, there's boring. no wrinkle. There's no, like, wrinkles that the offense – like, you're not going to see any trick plays or anything like that. No. Um, but you talked about them, the defense beating the offense in their, like, capstone thing of their spring game called Red Zone Lockdown. Uh, so, basically, it's a first to 18 points wins. Um, and, and they have, like, this interesting point system where if the defense only gives up a field goal, um, the offense gets three points, defense gets four – um, obviously, touchdown is you know six plus the extra point is seven. Um, but if they don't score a touchdown, they get no points. The defense gets seven. Uh, the defense ended up winning. Um, final was 18, <laughs> 18 to ten. Yeah, um, they. It was really interesting how they split up the reps in this thing. Um, but the offense, we talked about Card having command um, early. But the offense moved better with Ewers. Um, yep. Ewers, all of all of the offensive points in this drill came from Ewers' group, um, which was the ones. So, yeah. like we talked about, Ewers was running with the ones. Like we heard, um, he will likely win the job this fall. He did start to look better as the spring game went on. He had a nice little deep ball to Nair we talked about. He had a really nice throw to Worthy on an RPO that I thought was really mm-hmm. impressive. And the ball beautiful really hummed sl- out slide of his on. The yeah, beautiful he, sidearm. Yeah, he kind of like, you know, slipped it in there. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they got some dudes offensively that are really impressive. Um, we haven't even talked about Jatavian Sanders. Yeah, uh, who, <laughs> one of my favorite who, players. Yeah, I, I, like he was incredible. Uh, he makes the transfer of Billingsley look kind of laughable. Yeah. Um, Energy. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
energy, man. He brings that energy. And he was a top 20 player on both sides of the ball in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought I thought he should have played defensive end. That was me coming in. I was like, man, we don't have a pass rush. Let, let Sanders go get after the quarterback. But watching him in the spring game at tight end, I'm just like, and I heard it all, all camp that he was having these great, great game, these great practice times. And I'm just like, wow, did Texas haven't had a tight end like this in a long time. Yeah, they have him and Gunnar Helm, who I think will both play over Jaleel Billingsley. Um, but the play to me that, and this is where I think uh, Sanders will need to get better. Uh, there's a play where Carr throws just this incredible pass to Jatavian Sanders. Great hands, catches the ball, kind of gets held up a little bit and stripped. Um, an incredible play and an incredible effort. But, you know, got to learn when to get down and live to see that next play. Yeah. Um, but no. Jerron Thompson I, made a good, great play. Yes, yes. He stripped that ball away. It was it was a heck of a play. Um, and then we'll talk lastly about Crawford, uh, one of your guys' safeties, who, as I was watching uh, my notes, again with a big hit, another <laughs> tackle. This guy's everywhere. Uh, he, I mean, he was doing the most. He, he, he wears number 21. No, I I love that because I'm a huge Sean Taylor guy. Um, sticks his nose in there. Uh, he he was very physical, um, noticeably physical, especially in a spring game when you're hitting your own guys. Um, mm-hmm. You have to wonder. Fast too. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, dude was everywhere. He was Track always star. on the ball. Um, you gotta wonder how many targeting game targeting penalties he'll have next year. <laughs> Between him and Maurice Blackwell, I, I, those two guys, Maurice Blackwell, number 37, you probably see him later hat on Xavier Worthy on the sideline. Yes. Between those two, I these these guys could they come in a hit and they're yes. not playing, they're not fooling around. Yeah, they're they're bringing a little bit of that nastiness back. Yeah, and they're hitting their own players like this. So you gotta you, you kind of have to expect that it's going to take a. You know, they're going to amp up for these games. And, yeah, you know, targeting is a big thing in college. I really wish they would change the rule. Uh, but, yeah, these, these guys, they're some hitters. Yep, yep. Um, last little note I will make. Um, Card had zero passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Ewers through two, uh, as well as a pick. Um, the other guy that I, we haven't – we didn't talk about and we don't need to deep dive – but number sixteen, Dixon, one of your wideouts, um, they they really liked him. The quarterbacks did. They were a big fan. Kelvante Dixon, yeah, had a yeah, quiet year last year, but he was very uh, very popular in the spring game. He he got a lot of looks. Uh, I have to think that that'll probably carry over into the fall a little bit. Uh, I actually think he just entered the transfer portal did today. He? Did yep. he? Oh, yep. man. Yep, I think I read that earlier. He hit the transfer portal. He did enter the transfer portal. That's unfortunate, yeah. so my apologies. He looked really good in the spring game. So he did. wherever he lands, hopefully, hopefully gonna he gonna get, get some looks. Yeah, I mean, he's a But like coach. you say, uh, uh, Hall, he's coming in. So. Yep. Yeah, they'll they'll have a replacement. It's going to be limited. Lined up. He's a sub-11 100-meter dasher. 
Dixon speed. is. Yeah, he's fast. Speed. Um, so yeah, I you know, my impressions, you know, I think the run game looked really good. Uh, I think the QB battle is more of a battle than we think. Um, they really need some help from this offensive line. These recruits, they need these guys to get on campus and start plugging in. Um, and then yeah, the, the yeah. thumpers in the back in the defensive backfield are going to be fun to watch this fall. Uh, you hope <laughs> Finkley can be a world record like he should be. Please, um, we're we're hoping. I think Texas will be much improved from last year. But let's answer the question: Do we think they can compete for a Big Twelve title? We're going to step through the schedule here now and uh, predict their record. Uh, Donnell is not allowed <laughs> to be a homer here. Donnell has to make logical picks. Um, I I always make logical picks. Not really. Um, some of my picks have changed throughout this process of reviewing all of these teams. So we're going to see how it all shakes out. So let's get started. They open the season at home against the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. That's a W in my book. That's just a buffer game. Yeah. Whatever. They were they were always at my high school when I was coming out. They were always <laughs> recruiting kids. Yeah. Um, Alabama at home. That's an L. They're getting blasted in that game. Yeah, the, the fan in me wants to say uh, Texas beats them that game at home because uh, Alabama has here. to come. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> let me finish. Because I saw a little brother A&M beat them last year. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. I'm like, can it happen? Yes, but odds of it happening. It's not very high, so I'm gonna have Texas losing to Alabama. Yeah, this game. I don't. I don't think Bama will be sleepwalking into that game like Will like they did Anderson is gonna have a hell of a game. <laughs> will Anderson <laughs> is gonna kill Quinn Ewers. That we. Game. It's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna. It, I'm hoping it don't turn into a bloodbath, but we will see. I have yeah, Texas that game. One and one. That game could get real ugly. Yeah, uh, real quickly quick too. for them. So we'll see. Fans got to bring the energy, please. I'll be there. Man. Uh, then they're at home against UTSA. I think they win this game. UTSA is good, though. Yeah, two and one. They're yep. good. They're a good program. Can't knock them. They have some NFL talent yep. that was drafted that are probably getting drafted to in the next couple rounds. So they're a good program. Yep. But they shouldn't beat Texas. Yep. And then you got Texas Tech. This is their first road game of the year. They go to Lubbock. Yeah. Um, I have them winning that game. Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't. I don't think Texas Tech's going to be that any good next year. So, so then they're three and one. They get West Virginia down in in Austin. Um, I know this is one of the ones that you actually have them losing, if I'm not mistaken. I did, but I have to change it now because after I think I have to be logical about this one. They get West Virginia at home, and I yeah. don't think they have a quarterback. I, I don't think they have a quarterback. Uh, so I like JT sold. Daniels, but I'm not sold on him oh, being. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sold on JT Daniels. I, I watched some more film of him, and I'm just like, uh, I have I them. Know. I have them beating West Virginia, so they're four and one. Shades of 2021. We're going to the Red <laughs> River Shootout, baby. Uh, I have them losing to Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma <laughs> is just a better team than them. I, I, I think they're more put together right now. That defense is much better. Yeah, uh, I, I have to agree that their defense is better. <laughs> yep. But I'm going to say, like I say, 
first time head coaches don't win those games. I don't, I think Texas comes for them. Uh, but that game's a toss up. So I really, either way, I don't, I don't think the pick's going to be that far off. I think that's going to be like a one score game again. So, and, you, so you have Texas winning. I have Texas winning that game five. And so they're at five and one beating oh, Oklahoma. Man. That's, that's the, I feel like, and this is what I love about not rooting for Texas or OU for myself personally. Um, I feel like when you're picking the Red River shootout, if you're a fan of one of those teams, you cannot pick the other one. Yeah. Like, I I don't think it's possible for for people to do it. And and I just, yeah, I think Oklahoma beats them neutral site game, um, but it will be a fun game to watch. It always is. I got them five and one. You have them four and two. Four and two, yep. So then they're at home against Iowa State. Uh, I think Iowa State's going to have a hard time this year, but I do I do no. think Texas wins that one. No, me too. Me as well. Okay. Especially if they lose to Oklahoma, I think they'll – Bounce back. They're, they're going to they're have to bounce back that game. They're going to show some grit this year. Yeah, Iowa State's going to have – Iowa State to me is one of the hardest teams to, to project. I just don't know what they're going to look like. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, then they're on the road at Oklahoma State. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my pick out there, so you don't think I'm any kind of bias. Okay. I have Oklahoma State beating them. Okay. I have Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma sweeping Texas this year. I got them losing that one as well. Yeah. Um, me too. And then they are in the Little Apple against Kansas State. Uh. The Wildcats and the Longhorns. I think these games always end up being better than they should be. Yep. <laughs> um, what was it last year? Was last year a close game for them? Um, we uh we beat Kansas State that game. Yeah, one by five. Yeah. Last game of the year last year. Um Rashawn Johnson game. Yeah. I actually think they lose this game this year. I think mm. K State gets them. And and I, I don't know. I think it's I think K State has potential to be better than what I projected them out earlier when we were reviewing. But do you have Texas beating them? Uh, yeah, I think Texas at this point is rolling a little bit. Uh, but I I could see that being a trap game, especially with Kansas State pass rushers that they have. If Texas offensive line isn't improved, then that's I definitely see a Kansas State winning that game, but I I don't think they have the quarterback to do it. I think he's going to Garcia is going to be pretty good, but I don't think he doesn't scare me. So I'm not Texas usually has problem with quarterbacks that scare you and they can't Mar- stop them. Martinez, yeah, Martinez, not Garcia. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of the the older Nebraska, but yeah, Martinez definitely. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I have them beating Kansas State. So you have them with two losses so far. Yeah, and they finished their year. TCU, Kansas, Baylor. I'll go first. I'll say W, W, L. I think Baylor beats them. I, I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to believe a little bit of the hype around Baylor, especially with Shape and winning the job. I yeah. think Baylor can be really good. Yeah. And no, I, I, I agree Baylor with Baylor to go eight and four. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I told you you was tripping. You, you was tripping. <laughs> I think Baylor can be really good. Yeah, I think they can be too. I mean, I, although I think they're they're replacing a lot of talent 
but again, I I love I love their coach. Yeah, Aranda is one of my favorite coaches out there. So he's he's really good. If they're in contention at this point, like you said, can you have him at eight and four? Mm-hmm. So if they're in contention to win or go for a Big Twelve title, I think they beat Texas. But if Texas is in a good position, the opposite position, I think I think Texas will win that close. game and, and so, finally get the monkey off their back because Baylor. Baylor beats Texas. It's yeah, they they do. It's it's been happening for a while now. So it's a good matchup for Baylor for some reason. But yeah, uh, TCU. I assume you have Texas winning that one. Oh yeah, easy. That's the Gary Patterson revenge game. <laughs> yeah, might be a stomping. KU can they re- can they redeem themselves? In, I'm not in even gonna Lawrence. say they're gonna lose to KU, but that that would extremely that would be <laughs> probably that would be a problem. Yeah, I think they go to Lawrence and and right that wrong in a big way um and then how do you have them finish in the year against baylor you think they beat baylor you think Uh, they lose it i I think either way it flips i think they can go eight and what is it i think they end up season nine and three or ten and two you okay so what are you picking what's your pick man i'm gonna go ahead and pick i'm gonna say they're into contention to win to go against oklahoma in the big 12 championship game okay so i'm gonna go ahead and say they're gonna beat baylor because i I thought Gary, I thought Gary Bohannon should have won that job, but <laughs> we'll so see. You, if shape, shaping, hey, we just never know that game. I, Baylor, Baylor's good, man. Baylor's so good. you have them playing OU in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah. Who do you have winning it? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> if I was picking it, I think, I think if they play twice, it's a split. Yeah. I don't think the same team wins it twice. It's hard. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see that happening. I don't see Texas making it to the Big Twelve Championship though. I have them yeah. losing five games. Um, yeah. Like but, I said, it's either Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I think those are the four teams this year that are going to be playing for the Big Twelve Championship yeah. to some extent. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. We'll see what they do. Um, I I don't know if. I agree with you having them in the Big Twelve Championship. To your picks, you have them ten and two. Um, I don't think you truly believe that, but I'll give it. Big to you. Twelve Championship, baby, we coming for it. <laughs> <laughs> we coming for it, like McConaughey say. All right, all right, all right. Man, McConaughey showed up at the spring game. That stuff cracked me up. Um, Good yeah, so I have them finishing as a five loss team. You have so I have them uh, seven and five. Uh, I think they're improved. They're bowl eligible. Um, you have them ten and two. <laughs> God, you're such a homer. Um, nine and three, ten and two. Yeah, nine and between three, eight and ten two. wins, I believe. Eight and ten, I think is. I think eight wins is is doable. Um, you know, you look at who I have them losing to: Bama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and then or sorry, Kansas State, and then Baylor. That Kansas State game could obviously flip, and they're eight and four. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think eight wins is super reasonable. Um, I think Kansas State always plays them tough. I think Kansas State yeah. plays everybody tough. Um, yeah. You're gonna talk I, yourself into nine and nine and two or nine and three. Watch because the Oklahoma the Red River rival game could go either way as well. So it's true. It could depending on how they feel, how they're riding. Because I mean, Let's even see. with how bad Texas was last year, it was a good game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, shoot, you have them ten and two. You're a wild man. 
Um, <laughs> ten and two, nine and three. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, ten and two, nine and three. Yeah, don't go crazy. Um, if they're a two-loss team next year, uh, man, I don't know what will happen. But yeah. football, college football will be in a whirlwind if Texas is actually back. Um, yeah. Will so here's here's my prize picks bet uh, for you. If they go ten and two, does Quinn Ewers do the "We're back" thing, or do they not do it again? He doesn't even have to do it because I'll do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey man, I think that does it for our show this week. Um, so Donnell is a homer and has them going ten and two <laughs> and or nine and three. Uh, I have them sitting at seven and five. I do think Texas is much improved, but I do think they have some work to do um, as far as depth goes for defense. Um, but, you know, to each his own, Donnell's a crazy person, but I love him <laughs> to death. He's, he's great and actually does uh, know the game very well uh, as evidenced by, one, his play in college, two, his uh, draft crystal ball he's been using <laughs> all weekend. He's nailed a lot of picks. Uh, you should have bet on that stuff, man. I know, man. The one time I don't bet, I get them all right. <laughs> <laughs> right? You've been, you've been burned too many times, so you stop betting. Um, once again, we're sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is your, your easy way to play daily fantasy and pick-ems. Um, use code TAKEOVER to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you sign up today. Um, my name is Tyler. That's my man, Donnell. We've been the Big 12 Takeover Podcast. We will see you next time when we talk about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, guns up, as <laughs> they say over there. Yep. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Hook them horns. <laughs> <laughs>